Ladies and gentlemen, viewers and listeners, welcome into Tuesday Track Talk, episode 19, featuring your Three Stones pit crew. My name is Kellen. I'm your Jackman. I'm Cam. I'm your tire changer. I'm also Cam. I am the gas man. And we got quite the episode today. Uh, we got a few race recaps we're going to touch on. Uh, Lucas Oil, Dirt Super Late Models, the Rolex 24, and then we'll kind of dig into... Uh, NASCAR report card. So kind of looking at what the crew expects from different drivers or organizations within NASCAR in 2024. So we'll kind of give you what we expect, what we think can transpire. Some may be optimistic, some not so much. Um, but again, lots of, lots of interesting ideas that you're going to get uh, brought to you bright and early before we get into the clash here this weekend. So um just real quick before we get into it fellas it's been another week what what do we know i uh unfortunately was not able to stay up for the whole 24 hours of the rolex 24 because i had to travel today and i was had to be at the airport by six o'clock so that would have really messed up the sleep schedule this is true one of these years i'm gonna pull that off (laughs) um yeah, I know a lot of good racing. Um, yeah, feels like we're getting back into the swing of things. So excited and got to ride my motorcycle here in the winter of Wisconsin. You guys were ripping on my hairdo beforehand, so. <laughs> Sorry. There's meaning and purpose. There's meaning and purpose behind it. Let's say it's it's feeling pretty warm, so it's Defined. hot. There's meaning and purpose behind it. You shall see. Anyways, God, carry on. So, no, we got a little bit of a warm spell. So, it's finally warmed up a little bit up here in the great north. So, which is odd for January. Yeah. So, we can't complain about that too much. So, well, we might as well go ahead and get right into this thing, huh? Yeah. Um, So, kind of, I think the first race, race, races recap that we can go ahead and dive into. Uh, Lucas Oil, Dirt Supers, um, obviously put on a hell of a show again. A um, little bit of turmoil across the nights, but uh, I guess to kind of kick it to you guys, what do you, what are your initial reactions as to the week with the Lucas Oil boys? Um, I'll go first. Um, just to start, good Lord, it's awesome to be back. Um, yeah, um, awesome racing, uh, all weekend and Thursday night was fantastic. Um, Friday got rained out, was it? And then uh, Thursday night track was, um, you could argue, I know it was only night one race of the year. Uh, that was just awesome racing. JD, Huddy O'Neill, Brandon Overton, just all under a blanket. So that was awesome. And then um, uh, Saturday night was, yeah, uh, we'll probably throw it around and discuss a little bit. Track wasn't quite as racy, uh, pretty rubbered up, a lot of one lane around the bottom. Um, guys were trying everything they could, but um, nonetheless, uh, we're the first weekend into the series and we got awesome racing and storyline. So uh it was just awesome to be back and 
we'll talk about it in our race previews. I'm uh, fired up for, for what's to come. You know, Hudson O'Neill pretty much pick it up where he left off last year with winning the championship and winning the, the first night out with the Lucas Oil. Uh, you know, you got possibly a committed JD as well. Again, kind of strutting his stuff. That's still kind of up in the air. And you saw your regular guys up a little like Brand Shepard and RTJ up there too. Baron Overton kind of making an appearance as well. So the guys that were that were running good last year are still running good this year. And I think you kind of saw that carry over to the world of outlaws as well. Um I was surprised that uh oh god damn it, now his name is slipping my mind. Smooth operator, god damn it. Pierce. Pierce, Bobby Pierce. Uh wasn't there, but he was running down in Australia running some late miles that down there, but he was picking up his ways and he won down there as well. So. Yeah, he was, I don't think, I think they call them super cars or something. It looks like yeah. a, lot of cars, a little bit smaller. It almost looks like a souped up street stock. Yeah. Yeah. With a big, big motor and big tires. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So no, I mean, night one, I think obviously was the night of the, the weekend as far as racing product goes. Like you were saying, it's a very early contender for race of the year. The guys are going back and forth, throw them under a blanket. Uh, Hudson Neal doing Hudson O'Neill things and ripping the top again. So, <laughs> so no, that uh, led all but one lap. And even then, that was just him and JD swap, pretty much swapping sliders there for a little while. So. No, that was that was Thursday was a damn good race. Good way to yeah. open the Lucas Oil season up. Yeah, so obviously Thursday, super good race. Uh Hudson, JD, Brandon Overton, RTJ, and B Shep round out your top five. So uh stellar top five when you look at the finish. Friday night got rained out and I texted Cam. I was sitting in the chair getting ready and it rains out and I go, Now what the hell? <laughs> what the hell am I gonna do now? You're like, oh, you got ready for it? Like, oh, I'm ready for this. And it rains all. It's like, okay, what else are we going to watch? Go to the but, local uh, watering hole. <laughs> yeah. So Friday night gets rained out. And then uh, Saturday. So we've got potentially three guys that are going to run the tour in RTJ, JD, and Mikey Marler coming on tour. Very interesting. Um. Initial reactions to the racing, the elbow, the he's gonna race me. How I he's gonna race me this way, so I'll race him that way. What, where, where are we at? Hard racing or is fair fall? What are we thinking? So to my disappointment, or I should say to your guys's disappointment and me, uh, I didn't exact. I was kind of on and off with watching the Lucas Oil just because the Rolex was going on. So mm. I was kind of missing some spots here and there. So I didn't exactly see the supposed nudge that was given. Ooh. <laughs> Whoa. For those that are, are listening, Cam just snapped on his JD 49 hat. <laughs> Wowza. So I, I guess I really got no say in it. Um, but I think you were you mentioned before that it was a def, it was a bottom feeders track. And you know, you gotta you gotta get that nose in there if you're gonna go anywhere too. And then with when them type of cars, it's just like NASCAR, you know, you know, you don't want to see it, but sometimes you gotta use the fenders a little bit. So I guess I really got no say. It, it racing is racing, um, but it's got a long year ahead of us. So 
Yeah. Cam seems um, pretty content as far as where he's standing. Yeah, I'm not. <clears throat> doubling down. Uh, yeah, I. Yeah, I'm standing on business. Um, no, I'm back in JD. Um, I understand it, but I. I don't know. I feel like Ricky's got more of the tendency to to drive over his head a little bit and he's got just really good equipment. And then he decides he's just going to drive, you know, over his equipment. And I feel like that was just another instance of that. And he says, JD, he's going to race JD, how JD raced him. And for the life of me, like, I, like, I don't know. I watched a lot of Lucas oil last year and I don't think JD like, Maybe I'm missing something, but I don't think JD was like just a complete pain to RTJ in races and made his life miserable. I don't think that was the case at all. Um, but yeah, the interest, the, the interview was the interviews were definitely interesting. And um, I don't know. I don't like the way Ricky went about it and kind of rubbed, he... rubbed me the wrong way. And it's just like, all right, that's why I'm doubling down and. JD's going to be, we're coming up on some racing and you don't want an upset JD. We're about to go on a tear. Now, yeah, I get it. We're racing for 25 grand. It's no five, five grand to win show. I mean, that's a good show. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest development when I look at it this way, number one, we probably have potentially the best rivalry in dirt super late model racing. You could argue that you have two of your best hammers that are going to. It's going to get interesting if they both run the series, and it's it's not like they're just racing once a week. Um, but I think the, the bigger piece of this is seeing seeing an outright frustrated Davenport. You don't see that very often, and for him to do that this early, um. I just think he he potentially is going to make RTJ's life a living hell all year. When RTJ's behind him and RTG's changing grooves, Mr. Stickman might be giving him the, oh, where's RTJ? We're going to go high. We're going to go low. We're not going to run the same line. We're going to slide up the track. We're going to go high to low. I just think uh, Davenport will never outright wreck a race car. He, he won't do that. I, I could never see him doing that. But I am going to say he is going to race RTJ to the death. I just think he's going to make his life a living hell all year. And I think not only that, JD alluded to it last year where he just like there's been instances like this where he gets a lap car, doesn't get out of the way or somebody runs him hard. And I think he he alluded to this last year like he's kind of the old savvy vet. He's been around the block a time or two. And we've got this young wave of, you know, the next generation of drivers, you know, coming in and he alluded to it last year, a couple times in post-race interviews where he said, now I just know the expectation guys just throw it in there, run you over. And I'm going to start racing people, how they race me. And he never really specifically called anybody out, but now I think he's got a reason to, Hey, I'm like you said, he'll never wreck a race car, but you best believe you best believe anybody leaves him an ounce to get his nose in there he's putting it in there and he's gonna you know whatever and 
I agree. I think he's going to make, he's going to go on a mission here. And I don't know the whole RTJ two staying, staying after the race of, you know, if it was anybody else, I would have lifted, but since that's, it's JD, I'm that's not a lifting. big comment to make too. <laughs> that's a big swing. And, and Mike and Mikey Marler riding around a third is going, thank you. Cause he almost got both of them. Yeah. And Chris Madden was right there too. And RTJ was complaining about JD and Mikey Marler chopping him off and cutting his air off. And why didn't they get parked when I got parked or the one time I did it, like favoritism, like anytime you start playing the old victim mentality after you ran somebody over, like, no, I'm not get out of here. So, so one thing, and I'm, I was going to say, the bad news is I'm doubling down on JD, um, like so much. Like I just, like, I'm going to, I think I'm going to go buy some merch tonight and (laughs) double down and support him. Um, but no, the shitty part for the year is, I mean, if he has another year, like he had last year, it's like the Kansas city chiefs. You don't want to see him win. Like this is going to be a long year after what he just pulled off. And I'm like, get out of here. And he goes on another year. Like he, did last year and wins every race he enters. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so, so what I'm I'm watching the highlights here, trying to to see where this nudge happened. I think I just saw it happen. But I think something that gets that's kind of forgotten about or at least was overlooked was the RTJ and Mike Marler slide in three and four. But when Davenport went around them too. Yep. Thornton, and I, I don't know if it was that Marler came down and kind of nudged him to make him lose his grip or aerotite or whatever it was, but RTJ and Marler went up that track together with each other. Yep. And like you were saying, it was such a bottom feeder track that Davenport just kept on that bottom and just shot right by him then too. And he's typically... That's where he, I feel like he sets up the majority of his cars. I like. I don't think JD's a throw it up on the top side and, and rip yeah. the for forty laps. He, I don't think he enjoys doing that. But if he has to, he will. But I don't know if you're talking about nudge racing. But where did you see the nudge on the podium? No, I saw that. Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. And it's like I'm looking. So I'm looking at the replay, replay here. RTJ definitely like gets the momentum and does the crossover to get underneath them and kind of I'm assuming this is where Davenport's kind of raising raising hell is he kind of come not quite comes across his nose but definitely gets in hits the the that left front for sure kind of nudge him up yeah he chopped him a little bit yeah yeah yep so there was one point too earlier in that race that uh, JD got by and Thornton and yeah, Thornton kind of hit him in that right rear before he got in to kind of kick him sideways. Yeah. Uh, Davenport ended up staying the lead for that, but I think those two instances, the one in the rear and the one in the front, was definitely what what pissed JD off. So I don't know. I mean, like I was saying, when you get to the bottom feeder track, you're trying to go for for the lead. You gotta you gotta stick your nose in there. Yeah. So and again, it. I think as much as it, you know, pissed me off to see Ricky do that and some of the things he said, look, I'm going to just say this. That was night two 
of a long season. Of a long season. So this this can go one of two ways. Old buddies can talk it out and say, hey, you're pissed. I'm pissed. You race me like this. You race me like this. And, hey, we both have a right to be pissed. But going forward, let's, you know, whatever. Or it can go the total opposite way. And they can both make each other's life a living son of a gun every Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I'm just saying this from the first impressions and interviews it looks like the latter of the two it doesn't look like either one of them is willing to concede and it looks like both of them are willing to stand on their own business and say hey i'm not backing down which hey for us it's gonna make the rest of the year just that much better it makes me you know anytime those two are gonna get near each other which is gonna be 90 percent of the time it's in the top five too yeah Uh, It'll be it'll be fun to watch. Uh gotta uh, like from my standpoint, with not really having a vested interest in either of them guys, and my guy not being in this race, and me just enjoying it for what the race that was, pretty damn good for my seat. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no matter the outcome. Yeah, get the popcorn. Or you're just here for the show. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Um, go ahead. Otherwise, I was going to say, like, the again, kind of something that gets swept under the rug because of this whole deal was Chris Madden kind of sneaking his way into there a little bit. Yeah, we're the almost guy trying to to snag one from the Lucas Oil boys. Could you imagine him on that podium? (laughs) Knowing that them two have got beef. He said post-race he's seen it all, and he wasn't going to comment on it. They asked him about it, what his thoughts were, and he said, I'm not going to comment on it. Um, He said he's been there a while, but... Yeah, what a turnaround for him because I'm pretty sure on Thursday night he pulled off. Yeah, um, yep. So turnaround for him. Uh, we watched him win a, a Friday night feature at Cedar Lake. So yep, um, absolutely. Don't lie, guy. Um, looking good early, but yeah, no, that otherwise, was. Otherwise, just looking again at uh, Saturday night's race. Ryan Gustin was your hard charger, eighteen to seven. Pretty damn yeah. good haul, but. Yep. So yeah, that. Sorry, last point. I was just gonna say him and that's Gustin. He's first year with his new team, so um, sleek pain scheme too. Um, yeah, might yeah. might be starting to find something there. Yeah, with uh, Todd Cooney. So yeah, yeah. Our our TJ wraps up wraps up that twenty five thousand dollar payday. Obviously, there's a lot of different storylines that go into that feature. Uh, Good hard racing. Hey, there's hard racing. I don't know. However you want to say it, phrase it, interpret it. But um, that's going to get to be must-see TV is what it comes down to for the Lucas Oil boys. Uh, we said April 1st was commit date for Lucas yep. Oil, correct? Yep. So there's a lot of racing to do before guys decide what they truly yeah. want. Yeah. So. Especially as we'll kind of talk about in our preview here. Lucas Oil's got a lot of racing coming up. <laughs> Yep. So that kind of wraps up uh wild weekend with uh Lucas Oil. Um kind of the other race recap is we'll go ahead and jump into the, the Rolex 24 hours of Daytona and, and Van Grill, I'll kick this one to you. You were uh I was checked in here and there, but you seem to have a pretty good grasp on this one. So I'll kind of let you dive into that one for us. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I don't know what it was, but there was a lot of hype coming into this one. Like, it just it felt different coming in. It's always been a big race. It's always been the biggest sports car race in, in the country, at least in, for this type of deal. But this felt big for some reason. And I don't know if that got to the guys, because those first two, two or so hours were absolute mayhem. I've never seen so many goddamn cars wrecked in the first two, two and a half, three hours of that race. Them guys were, they, they were racing like it was the last hour of that one. My God. So I don't know. It was, it was definitely an interesting race. There were a couple of hard hits in that one too, which them wreck harder than I think anything else does just because they're not meant to wreck. They're not, you don't want them cars to wreck. They just collapse when they, they just, yeah, they crunch. They, they crunch like a pop can almost. Yep, hundred percent, hundred percent. So I'm always intrigued on like the technology that goes into things too. Because I mean, those are the without you know those are probably some of the top performing race cars out there. So, yeah. uh, it was pretty much a Cadillac and Porsche show as far as the overall uh goes. Those Cadillacs sounded mean. Wow, they sound like a cup car. <laughs> kind of like them suckers were mean yeah but um no I, obviously it was very on and off weather was fantastic we had no rain it wasn't cold or anything like that so the weather was fantastic sounded like it was a record crowd there as well so like i said i think that added to the hype of it um i'm hoping i can get to go to that one of these years so um but when it came down to it like i said it was pretty much between the uh the penske porsches uh, and the, let's see, where am I looking? The wheeling Cadillacs and the Wade Taylor Cat Acura as well. Um, a couple of teams had some issues there in that race. Uh, the Wayne Taylor car, uh, what, which would have been one of the favorites had some issues early in the race. Uh, actually late in the race, I should say the Cadillac as well, uh, had some issues in, into it. Um, so a couple of your favorites had issues going later in the race that took them out. Uh, if you're curious, we ran 791 total laps around that track. Holy hell. So. <laughs> Talk about a marathon. Yeah, got that right. So the fastest lap, I'm just doing a kind of a quick page through some of these. The fastest lap was a minute 35 and a half a second. Wow. Was your fastest lap around that track? So, uh, when it came down to it, the Penske team ended up winning in the Porsche, their first overall win in the Rolex 24 since 1969. Um, you had Felipe Nassar, Matt Campbell, uh, Joseph Dugar, and Dane Cameron as the drivers of that one, all first time winners of the Rolex 24 as well. Uh, got they were getting chased down by Tom Bloomquist. Uh, who is a very damn good driver in his own right, so be able to hold him off was was fantastic. Uh, Newgarden's having himself a hell of a year between the Indy 500 and then now this. Yeah. Uh, and then Penske, too, between the Indy 500, NASCAR Cup Championship, and now the Rolex 24. Yeah, He's been that's... having himself a damn good stretch as of late, so... Um, otherwise the, there was a little bit of controversy with this one as well, as, uh, there was a quick decision on the checkered flag. Basically they decided to throw the checkered flag, like 200 feet before the leader crossed the finish line was when it was decided. So, 
Uh, IMSA just came out with a statement today that basically it was a officiating error on their part. There should have been another lap in that race uh, to get to the full 24 hours because they only got, it was like 23 hours, like 58 minutes and 30 seconds was what the race time ended up being. Oops. So there was an officiating error. I, as far as the results go, I don't think it would have made much of a difference. Uh, that Penske Porsche did get to a pretty good gap there before he got to the checkered flag, so it had been very hard to make that up. Um, But there was a little bit of controversy on it. And again, I think we've said in the past before, when there is an officiating error, they come out, they rectify, or not rectify, but they claim the error. You know, they're going to reevaluate the processes, go from there. So they took blame for it, which, again, I think that's all we could ever ask for. Something like that happens. So, yeah. Yeah, that was. I just saw the controversy on. I didn't understand. I don't know enough about that to make a comment as to how that fell to go. Basic, one way or other, so. Basically, it's the full 24 hours plus a lap. Okay. In a way. Got it. Yep, that makes sense. Or okay. if the lap is going to get completed with it, like if that when it hit that twenty four hour mark, it gets completed that next lap. Basically, that's what it is. Okay. So more time, time than anything. Yep. Basically, First. it's it's got to be the twenty four. It's basically what it is. Okay. So, got it. Um, but other than that, I think the the coverage of that race, I was watching on Peacock, so I got the continuous coverage of it. I thought it was fantastic. They had some of the NASCAR guys, and they were Steve Lachart, Jeff Burton. Uh, they were both there. Uh, they had Matt Snyder, a lot of the commentators, Dylan Welch, um, Hannah Newhouse, who you guys would probably recognize from the Royal Outlaw side of things. She was there as yeah. well. A lot of, a lot, pretty much anybody and everybody was there. Um, I thought the coverage was fantastic. Got to see some of the behind the scenes stuff as well. You want to talk about some souped-up pit boxes? Holy cow. There are yeah. some souped boxes in there. They had a feature in there with Wayne Taylor. I think they said they have like 70 monitors, like 700 feet of, of Ethernet cable. It's, it's spread over two pit boxes. Like, it's just, it was absolutely asinine what they had. That's Let's crazy. Talk about technology, so. Yeah. Um, no, overall, it felt like a great race. There was a little bit of conversation, too, as far as the NASCAR ownership, because NASCAR does own IMSA. Um, so it was kind of a, does is NASCAR being involved kind of help with the popularity of this? And it definitely has gone up over the years, so I can't say it hasn't. Um, but I think that may have a little bit of influx into it. Um, no, overall, I think it was a great event. Other than the, the little controversy at the end, no, no issues. Um, as far as some notable names, <clears throat> obviously a lot of uh, IndyCar guys in there. Jensen Button, Formula One champion. He drove the Garage 56 car as well. I think the really only guy that we got from the NASCAR ranks or even the stock car ranks, uh, Connor Zilich, an ARCA yep. guy. He was about the only guy in there. Otherwise, NASCAR didn't really have a presence this year in there. So a little disappointing, but... I'm sure they'll they'll get back in there at some point in time. So, yeah, um, for sure. No, for the most part, I mean that that was the the Rolex Twenty Four. We did have a car on fire, uh, so we got that. <laughs> some some burnt some some really hard hits. Uh, yeah, I mean it just it was a good race. Overall, it was a really good race, so I couldn't complain. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, you know, being able to follow along, didn't tune into a, a ton of it, but 
um, the social media, some of the stuff that you could follow along, you know, the pit crew guys, that one that we put out on our channel, if, you know, if you're looking for a good follow yep, along, yep. was actually wild to just follow along and, you know, what those guys are going through, like at the track, what, what they're eating, when they're eating stuff like that. Like just wild. To follow naps in. Yep. Yeah. When they can, when they can nap and stuff like that. And then I didn't dig into, I just saw it uh, earlier today was the whole, um, everybody said that they went from the lap counter said two laps to go. And then as they crossed the line, they threw the checkered flag. So yep. um, now we know why they, why they did that. And obviously they came out and said they got it wrong and um, yep. whatever, at least you're going to own it and get it right. right. Get it right next time. And, you know, whatever. but yeah, I, I will say too, some of those wrecks, like, when those cars go, like, I feel like they're just not heavy enough. Like when one spins, it's like oh, a yeah. helicopter. Like there's no yep. slowing it down to 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 lessen the blow. It's until it hits something. Yeah. Yep. So, no. Um. Yeah, it was definitely interesting to follow along and just a bruiser, uh, to say the least. So. Like I said, maybe next time I'll have to try and schedule myself to not travel on Monday afterwards so I can actually watch the full 24-hour race. So I didn't hear if uh, Mr. Penske tried to do that again. I know he's notorious for doing the full 24 hours, so I didn't know if he did that this year or not. But either way, I'm sure he's happy to come away with a victory in that race and another Rolex under his belt. So, For sure. So you kind of look at it. Those kind of wrap up are too big races features if you want to call them that that we followed this weekend um <clears throat> so now this is where we're going to kind of jump into looking ahead to talking about nascar our, our 2024 report cards so we're gonna we we've each selected three different teams from three different manufacturers and we're gonna uh, there's a handful of metrics that we are going to look at and dive into and what we expect from these organizations drivers lineups and, and everything and kind of forecast what we would expect going into 2024. So um we each kind of drew cards for teams, if you want to call it that. We said, <laughs> you take one, I'll got this one. It's kind of like a snake draft almost. We, we picked our three three organizations to kind of dive into and, and look at. So, um I man, I mean, I think without further ado, Cam, you want to go ahead and. Yep. I, uh, you got the share screen going? Yep. Yep. We're good to go. Perfect. I'll get mine booted up here then. All right. So I am going to be doing Legacy Motor Club. I think that yeah, you got to remember they're switching to Toyota next year. Uh, Team Penske out of the four camp and then Track House Racing out of the Chevy camp are the three teams that I'm covering on this one. Um, so I did do some 2023 research as well onto this. Uh, so I'll just kind of quickly go through those. So starting with track house racing, 2023 interview, they had three wins overall, two from Chastain, one from SVG, obviously at the Chicago street course. Uh, they had 14 top fives, which that 19% is out of all their starts. So Chastain and Suarez is 36 along with, with uh, SVG's two starts. That's their percentage of top fives out of those starts. And then if top tens, they had 35% uh, percent of their races were in the top 10. Uh, drivers in the playoff, Chastain, who was eliminated in the round of 12. 
drivers in the championship obviously didn't have any. Overall, I gave them a B minus. Not a bad year. Got a few wins under their belt. Was competitive in a few races. Made the playoffs. Solid B minus. Is what I put them at for the, for 2023. Um, so moving on to 2024, I am looking at just uh, Chastain and Suarez as far as kind of stats go, just because they're going to be the ones running the full season. Um, so with that. Obviously, you got to start with wins. I think they're going to get three, and I think they're all three going to come from Chastain. I think Suarez, his his best chances are on the road courses, and it's just I don't see that click as far as being able to finish it off. Um, top fives, I'm going 12 with Chastain and five with Suarez, so I'm giving him 17 top fives. Um, like I said, I think Chastain's going to be kind of that powerhouse. Suarez, I think he's going to c- get those couple of them at the at the road courses, and you'll kind of sneak his way into a couple of other races as well. Top tens, same idea. Chastain nineteen, Suarez ten. Um, drivers in the playoffs. I think Chastain is going to be your only driver in the playoffs. I think Suarez is just going to miss out on that points race, and he's going to be eliminated in the round of eight. I think. Make it all the way up to there. I think he's going to get a win in the playoffs that'll help him advance. But that's where I'm putting him. So obviously, no drivers in the championship four. Uh, as far as what I'm thinking they're going to do for a grade next year, again, kind of you know three wins, driving the playoffs, get a little bit higher up in the playoffs, a little bit of performance out of both of them guys. Solid B is where I'm putting him at. You know, just solid year. I think is what it comes down to. Still a fairly newer team, so you can't expect a whole lot out of them. But they're gaining ground. They never really start out rough either. So just consistency. I think that's what you're going to see out of them. It's just consistency. So uh, go ahead. Quick question for you guys. Um, Calling your shot there with um, Suarez not getting a win. Um, Does that keep him in that seat next year? I mean, obviously, I don't know what the contract is, but I think you got to take it into consideration. Callan? The seat's hot. I yeah. think I, I, if he doesn't win, I don't know that he's out, but the intensity ratchets up about another 12 levels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. It and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to remember, they have somebody else in there pocketbook as far as driver development. I know SVG obviously, but I forgot there was another one. Zano. That's right. Yeah. Zane. They got Zane Smith. They signed Zane Smith. Well he's no well he's on Spire. Oh never mind. Never mind. There was somebody else. There was somebody else that they kind of had tapped. And god damn it, I don't remember who it was. Either way, I I think uh, very quickly. Yep. So, nope. I think track house racing just another another solid year makes comes in comes in the full a little bit. Obviously, that's not including any races that SVG runs or any other tricks they might have up their sleeve next year. So, so that some of that could be to be determined, but we'll go from there. Uh next team I'm gonna hit on the Legacy Motor Club. So obviously they were on the Chevy team last year. Uh, they had Jones and Gregson, obviously, for half of the year before his whole deal went down, and Johnson ran a couple of his races. 
Obviously, I think it's no secret. It's a pretty abysmal year for that team. Only one top five, one top ten, uh, or sorry, seven top tens. No drivers in the playoffs. And, yeah, I think overall it's just a pretty abysmal year for them. Uh, I think, obviously, the writing was kind of on the wall with uh, Chevrolet, that they were kind of on the move, and, you know, who's to say what happened with that whole deal. Uh, but, nonetheless, they make the switch to Toyota. And Toyota has come out publicly and said that we're going to give them grade A, you know, notebook, advice, equipment, full on shebang. They should be competing with 2311 and, and Joe Gibbs as far as Toyota club goes. So, and they're bringing in John Hunter Nemechek up from uh, the Xfinity series. So, uh, got Jones and Xfinity and Hunter as your full-time crew and Johnson obviously running a part-time schedule as well. So same idea here. I am only looking at Jones and John Hunter Nemechek as far as the uh, stats go starting off, obviously the big one with the win. I think they do get one. I think it's going to be with that Jones boy. He'll, he'll sneak one in. Um, If I'm going to call my shot as far as the track, I think it's going to be Darlington. He runs Bingo. good at Darlington. He loves that place. Yep. yep, he loves that place. So if there's a place that he's going to pull it off, I think it's going to be there. The, I was thinking about some of the mile and a half just because Toyota's really good at them or Richmond because I know Toyota's really good there. But I think as far as just pure comfortability and newer equipment, I think Darlington's got to be your place for Jones. So uh, top fives, get a handful of them, four of them, three from Jones, one from Nevechek. He'll sneak his way into there a little bit. Top tens, I'm going to give him an 11. Same thing, Jones is kind of get the majority of them, seven. Uh, Nevechek will get four. Obviously, I think with it being a new manufacturer, you got a whole new body to go with it. You got a new driver coming in. It's just there's a lot of new in there that you can't necessarily get a A plus uh, season out of it. Uh, so obviously with Jones getting in, getting a win, he'll get himself in the playoffs, but I think he'll be eliminated in that round of 16. Um, so therefore no drivers in the championship four. And again, with the, the amount of new that there is in that team, I think you're just going to get a, a C plus season out of it. I obviously it'll be a big improvement. There's just a lot of unknown going into as well. So I think they'll definitely be a, a team to keep an eye out for. Um, it'll kind of bounce Richard Petty Motorsports and that Legacy Club back up to kind of where they want to be. It'll be a, a build year for them type of thing and build a notebook with each other. So I think that's the other thing with Jones is he having a solidified teammate is going to help build that notebook and kind of the communication with them as well. So I think this is this is them setting up for the long term. Okay. Question. I'm gonna I'm gonna pose one question. Okay. Jimmy's got quite the schedule. Are they setting that team up to add a third car? Not next year, but the year after. Okay. Okay. I would say I agree with that, and I think uh, partially Jimmy being so involved, uh, it's pretty clear that he's still got the itch to get behind the wheel. So I think he's going to do it in his part to keep that kind of like a colleague, you know, superstar car. Yeah. Um, where they bring somebody in to run it. And I think old Jimmy's still got the itch and kind of wants to be. Is this the first time we're going to see Jimmy in the Cup series, not in a Chevrolet? Yes. Yep. Yep. Crazy. That's crazy. Who would have thought that we would have come to that point in time? <clears throat> Wild. Who would have thought? 
because I'm trying to. God damn it! What the hell did he? I think he even ran Chevy in IndyCar. I think, I think he did because yeah. he had Carvana with him, didn't he? Yeah, but I. God damn it! I think so. Oops. I would have to look offhand, but I think he even ran Chevy in IndyCar. So that I, this might be his first time running something other than a Chevy. Anywhere. Been a long time, yeah. What if he just gets behind a Toyota and he turns back into old championship Jimmy? It just starts oh, going God. to oh, God. Oh, man. <laughs> we oh. got to remember, too, that Jones was a TRD guy at one point in time. So, Yep. Yep. That's how he got into the Cup Series of Gibbs. Yep. Yep. So I think we got to remember that. So, no, that'll be an interesting deal as well. So, um. Otherwise, finally, we'll move on to the Penske camp. And obviously, I think uh, I've got a little bias when it comes to that. So uh, your interview, obviously, four wins. Blaney had three. Logano had one. Top fives, 20 out of 20 top fives. Eight from Blaney, 11 from Logano, one from Sindrick. 40 top tens, 18 from Blaney, 17 from Logano, uh, five from Sindrick. Drivers in the playoffs, you have Blaney and Logano. Logano was obviously eliminated in the round of 16 very surprisingly, especially being the defending champ at that time. Drivers in the championship four, obviously you had Blaney as he was the champion for 23. I gave him an overall grade of A-. minus. You have to give him an A- minus because you win the championship. I think you win the championship, you get into the A bracket right away. But I think overall performance, I think obviously the Ford struggled last year. So that I think that's why you put him in the A minus bracket versus that A or A plus bracket. So um moving on into 2024. Obviously, there's no driver shakeup, so we're gonna have three drivers to play with on this one. Starting out with the wins, I think you're gonna get six. I think this Ford is gonna help a little bit with them. I think Blaney leads the camp again with three. Logano will get two, and Cendric will get a win this year. And I think it's going to be on a road course. He's not too bad of a driver. I think he's going to pull it off. Could even be a super speedway for all I know. Them guys work together pretty well on that as well. So, Oh, time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, top fives, 23. I think Blaine and Logano will kind of split evenly with them. They're going to each get 10. Cindric will get three. Top 10s, they'll get 44. I think, again, Blaney and Logano are pretty even as far as top 10s will go. They'll both get 18. Cedric will get 8. So, uh, you know, you could kind of throw I, – I forgot about this part. You kind of throw Wood Brothers in there. They're kind of that de facto fourth car, but we'll leave them on a separate separate scale. Drivers in the playoffs, I think you're going to get all three of them in since they're all going to get their wins early in the season. Uh, Cedric will get eliminated in the round of 16. Logano will get eliminated in round of 12. I am putting Blaney back in the championship four, but he will not repeat, I will say. Um, so with that, again, get drivers in the playoffs deep, a little bit better year. I think they're just going to stay at that A-. minus. Overall, have a decent year. Again, having all three drivers in the playoffs and one in the championship four, just a, a solid year, I think. And I think, right, especially, again, I mentioned that Penske, they won the Indy 500, Coke 600, NASCAR championship, Rolex 24. That Penske camp's on a roll right now. I think it continues on. All right. So, pretty quick through it, but that's my that's my report card that I got. So, I think guys, some you'll see some improvement, some consistency, and just kind of just kind of staying where they're at. So. 
All right. That was... Any questions with Penske before we move on? No, I was kind of surprised. I thought you'd come out and say, yeah, expectation is to win 32 races this year. Blaney. <laughs> We need to win thirty. Well, we I did I did come out and say that I that I don't think Blaney will repeat. It is hard to repeat in the Cup Series, regardless. Hundred percent. So obviously, I gotta I gotta push for my guy a little bit, but you also gotta have some realism into there as well. So I think three is just a solid number. Would you give Penske? I gave him an A minus. A minus. Yep. So you got an A, B, and a C. Yep. Straightforward. And then uh, the first one was uh, Trackhouse. Uh, Trackhouse, yep. Or the B. Yep, give him a B. Okay. All right, my turn. I got I got some interesting ones for you. I'll leave. You You just shot your teams right out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this a little differently. Fire this up. Slideshow from beginning. Uh, let's see. All right. So you're, you're 2024. NASCAR report cards from your Jackman for the season. So, um, first one, I had to jump on this one. I, I, the Hendrick camp, you got to take the old Chevrolets. Um, keeping the same body, the same nose, the whole works. Um, it's kind of a why fix it if it's not broken type of situation. I think Chevy said, yeah, we're, we're good boys. Yep. We're ready to rock and roll. We got a notebook. We'll be ready. All right. So I kind of took a little bit different avenue, and I, I kind of lettered these oh, a little sure. bit. So here's how you look at it. Expectations for Hendrick is championships, both owner and driver. Um, I think that's the deal. Top 10s, there's going to be a lot of them, and I think when you look at my driver tier with Byron, Larson, Bowman, and Elliott, is how I'm going to rank those. Wow. Um. I, Byron and Larson are going to be your flagship Hendrick guys again. I think I, they're they've got it figured out. Um, obviously, Bowman and Elliott had issues last year with missing time and, and kind of that thing about it. Um, but top tens, they're gonna they're gonna pile them up. I think they're gonna have a really good year in terms of top tens, top fives. I can see a lot of races being that six, seven, eight range for most of the camp. But I think the wins they're gonna lead the way in NASCAR again. I'm going to call that. I think they're going to have between their four guys, they're going to have the most wins across any organization in NASCAR. Um, in terms of the playoffs, uh, they're going to get all four cars in. I'm going to say they're going to get the four in. I think, uh, I think after the season, Mr. H said, all right, boys, we have one job and one job only, and that's to win a championship. So, um, I think they're going to come in locked in. I think they're going to be ready to go. Obviously, Larson and Byron, had their fair share of that this year, but I think Bowman and Elliott are going to come with a new vengeance, if I want to say it that way, for sure. them. So um, I'm going to say they're going to get all four in, and I'm, I'm going to call it again, and they're going to get Byron and Larson into the final four. Um, I'm going to say that, and uh, I'm not going to call it champ, but I'm going to say those two are going to be racing for a title again at the end of the year. So um, I, I, I tiered my drivers. Um, and it's kind of an interesting to think about it a little bit. Byron's going to lead the way this year. I think Byron, Larson, Bowman, and Elliott are going to be here for it, Hendrick. Um, and I'm going to say in terms of the team ranking themselves, they're going to be in the top two. So they're, they're going to be the flagship for both for Chevy 
but also for NASCAR too. And just they're going to be so competitive um, everywhere they go. Overall grade, I'm calling a champ, but I'm calling A plus. So I'm gonna just I'm calling it right now. They're gonna get they're gonna get both titles. That's their expectation. Driver and owner titles. Hendrick sweeps it. That's they have one job, and that's that's to win titles. Set so bar high. That's that's where I'm going with uh with the Hendrick camp and the Chevys. So I feel like that one was pretty pretty easy for me. The next two are gonna be a little debatable here. Uh, before you go, go back to, yep. yep, go to that one. I do have a follow-up question yep. with that. Yep. Um, does Bowman and Elliott get into the playoffs with wins? I'm going to say Bowman, yes. Elliott's going to point in. <clears throat> Maybe gets one done at a road course. Sure. But <clears throat> I'm going to say three of them are going to lock in. Yeah. I'm thinking Bowman's going to show up this year. Okay. So I'm going to say Elliott potentially, but I'm going to say if anything, he's going to point his way in. Bowman's going to strut his stuff again of why he belongs there. Correct. Yep. I think he's going to come back and prove he's a Cup Series guy for good. Yep. So that's where I'm at. I'm going they're all getting in and they're all getting wins. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm three of four for sure with one point in. So – yeah, for sure. So next up, twenty three eleven. This one's a little bit, a little different dynamic in terms of uh, how I kind of looked at twenty three eleven for this. <clears throat> so it, my expectations for them is they're going to have a car in the final four. Um, top tens, they're going to have some, uh, not. Not as many, I would say. Top fives. They'll be there. Um, wins. I'm going to say they're going to win three races. If I had to give it a number. I'll give that B minus. I'll give it three races. I'm going to say two from Reddick and one from Bubba. Um, I'm going to call that both of them are going to get into the playoffs. So they're both going to win their way in. Um, and if I'm going to say between the two of them, I'm going to take Reddick to get to that final four i just i think they need to have that this year uh 2311's been together now for a little while um i kind of made this slide red for that particular reason is i think we got to start to ante up this program a little bit you know they've started to find wins they've started to find some speed but now it's championship time um you're racing for michael jordan all he wants to do is win titles yep. um that that is the end goal here so um, I'm going to go ahead and say that Reddick's going to lead the charge with this program. Um, he's going to be their flagship guy. Um, and then their team ranking, I'm going to give them that four to eight range. I don't, I don't know that they're Joe Gibbs yet. I don't know that they can beat Joe Gibbs yet. Um, I, I, they're going to perform better than they did last year. I just don't see them fully breaking out yet. Um, and especially, with that change in the body as well for, again, for Toyota. So mm-hmm. kind of another wrinkle to it. Um, I'm going to give them that four to eight range is where they kind of fall as a team or organization, I would say. So all in told, I'm going to give them a B. They're, they're going to be there. They're going to be there. They're going to be consistently competitive. 
but I just don't know that they fully break out and and put their foot down and say we're on the scene. So, any questions in terms I'd, of twenty eleven? I pretty much agree with you. I think. I, I think it kind of interesting. I, I don't know if you want to follow up with that. Do you feel like they're going to be kind of, they're not going to be consistent in the finish, but they're going to have their sporadic, like good finishes type yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, I could see them stringing together two or three races or four races at a time and then struggling for one or two and then finding that pace again. Sure. Um, I, I just don't see them consistently being from win to six. Sure. Uh, now, top tens, I could see them seven, eight, nine range. Um, if Reddit can keep it out of the wall in some of these tracks, <laughs> he he loves to be up there. Yep. Um, but I, yeah, that's where I think I would agree it's not going to be consistently lights out. But I can see him showing up and potentially dominating a couple tracks. I think the so, other thing too is. Hamlin made a comment of we're going to win a championship at X amount of years. I forget what that number was, but I think it's getting close. That's, that's why these are red, man. We got to between Hamlin and Jordan, like it's, it's getting to be time. Like we're not figuring this out anymore. It's time to execute. Have, it's time to be, have a guy in the final four race and for a title. So, um, and I think, I think Reddick takes that step for them. So I think Bubble will get in the playoffs, but I think he'll struggle a little bit in the playoffs. Um, so that's what I'm saying. Reddick would, would be final four um, if I had to make a prediction. So overall grade for 2311B, as we talked. So next one, Stuart Haas Racing. They're just a bunch of racers. Um Man, am I excited for this one. You, I think you guys are going to be surprised. Um, new look, new drivers, new body. It's 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 a, It feels new. It feels energetic at Stuart Haas. Here we go. I'm going back on my statement from last week already. A little controversy here. They're going to have two cars in the playoffs. They're going to get one car to the round of eight. <laughs> um, top tens. Yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna put a bunch together. Um, top fives, a few less wins. Uh, I could see them winning two races. I think two. I feel pretty good about two of one being a restrictor play track. So, um, the three that are gonna get in are gonna be Barry Gregson and Briscoe. Hot take. Um, I got those three guys getting into the playoffs. Uh, all three are going to win, and then you guys are looking at me funny, but I think all three of them are going to win to get in. Drivers in the final four, I don't think so. I think round eight is where they struggle. The driver tier, again, I got honestly, I got Barry leading the charge. I got Barry Briscoe, Gregson, and Priest. And that's how they're going to fall in terms of the order at, over at Stuart Haas. Um, the team ranking kind of the same as 2311. Um, I think they're going to be much, much better than last year. And Smoke made it very apparent that last year was fairly unacceptable. Um, I think they're going to show up. 
if I give them that four to eight range, they're going to be competitive. Maybe not the wins they need, but some newfound life over at uh, SHR. All in told, after last season, B plus. Damn, I'm giving them a B plus. I'm 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 feeling the energy. I'm feeling the newness. I'm feeling the vibe. Um. I think it's just a significant changing of the guard with Al Marola and Harvick not being there. I think it's a new look. It's a new set of eyes. It's a different angle. Um, I just think it's it's going to be a different year for them, and I think they're going to surprise people. So um, that's kind of my look on on SHR. So I, I'm excited for the young guys, especially in, in Barry. Um, he's one that really intrigues me in terms of what he can do for a full year with a consistent team and building a notebook with, with that organization. So. I, uh, I was dealing with some technical difficulties on my end, so I missed part of it, but I got the gist of it. Um, I could definitely, I can agree with you on the Barry portion just because one, he's going to have Richard Childers on his side. And it's been very well documented that it's almost like a there's no change with Barry coming in to replace Harvick on yep. how that team kind of operates. Yep. So I'm gonna yeah, be that's it's that's a bold prediction to go to a B plus. I don't know if they're gonna get that high, but if they do, kudos. So I'm I'm calling the B plus. All right. Um, and then I got a little bit of bonus content for you guys. I got a little a little Jackman special for this one. All right. So I kind of gave you my wrap in terms of my grades that I gave my organizations. And I even went about and I tiered my drivers in three different groupings. So when I looked at these three organizations, my, my tier one drivers are Byron Larson and Reddick. My tier two drivers, I got Baba. Chase Elliott, Josh Berry, Noel Gregson, and then my tier three, I got Briscoe, Priest, and Bowman. So, so how is it different with Elliott and Bowman? Because you so, had, yep. So Bowman was the last one into the the tier two, and I I went back and forth. I think Elliott's going to be consistently faster, but Bowman, I think, will have a better shot to win a race or two more than Elliot. So you're kind of going more consistency. Yes. Okay. You know, I think, I think Elliot's your, your steady Eddie Bowman's your swing for the fence. I could agree with that. Yep. That's kind of how I looked at it. And it's counterintuitive to what I just said, but I, I think Bowman's going to get it done. He's going to be the one that they're going to make a strategy move and it's going to potentially win him a race or two more than Elliot where Elliot, after having to try to point his way in last year, is going to say, you know what, we're going to take the stage point, we're going to score seven, we're going to score six, yep. where Bowman might just flip the script and go, let's go, let's just go win this thing. So that's where there's a little dis- little deciphering here in terms of that, because that's kind of where I went in terms of um, tiering my the drivers that I looked at. So, yeah, that's kind of where I fell with, my three organizations. All right, you guys ready for the finale? Fire them up. I don't think you guys are quite ready for this. 
God. <laughs> All right. Let's get this. Um suppose I should share the old screen here. That'd be helpful. All right. All right. Is there a reason why uh, expectations or report cards is upside down? Yeah, because this year is going to be fucking crazy. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, hey, we're going to do PG-13. You're allowed one of them. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, no. It's going to be a wild year. Stuff's going to be all over the place. And um, buckle up. So, uh, three teams I had was uh, JGR, Joe Gibbs, I got RFK, and then I got um, an intriguing Spire Motorsports. So, without further ado, let's jump right in. All right, Joe Gibbs Racing. Um, so, you got you got your drivers up top there, Gibbs, Bell, uh, Truex Jr., and Denny Hamlin. Top 10s between the four of them, 92. Top 5s, 51. Nine wins on the year um, for, for JGR. <laughs> Everybody's everybody's in already. Yikes. So, so um, we got nine wins, um, four drivers in the playoffs, and I'm going to go as far as to say um, they're going to get two in the final four. Um, so I'm I'm pretty optimistic on on uh, JGR heading into this year. Um, I mean, I think you just look at. Christopher Bell, MTJ, and Denny Hamlin. Between those three, um, you can see, you know, Denny Hamlin getting three wins throughout the year. MTJ, three. You're at six. I can see C. Bell getting two. And I'm going to go on a limb and say Ty Gibbs is going to get a win this coming year. Um, I can agree with that one. He's shown yeah. – he's shown he showed last year he can run up front with the big boys. Um, and I thought did a, did a pretty damn good job for being a rookie. So – um, so you're calling your yeah. shots all four are winning in I think so okay. um, I right. think all four will get in I think Gibbs Gibbs will be a, a around a 16 or 12 um, and then to be honest I mean this is where I think the driver comes from the nine wins I mean this is Christopher Bell, MTJ and Denny Hamlin I mean those are three those are three horses um, and I mean throughout 36 races I could see each of them getting three I don't know I could see Denny getting four um but probably not when it counts um and so then I was thinking I'm like um, wow <laughs> um the other wow. thing I was thinking was you know two drivers in the final four and I'm like thinking I'm like well this was my first initial thought was we could have uh just a, a JGR and a Hendrick Motorsports final four going at it um this could be the year, a little 2v2. Um, so that might be one of my predictions. But um, overall grade, uh, I gave them an A-. minus. Um, again, I think they're going to be up there in wins. This team is trending in the right direction. Denny and Truex are the savvy vets. Um, guiding along the young stallions, Ty Gibbs and Seabell. And uh, I think just, just a good mix. And um, I think by these standards and these numbers, it, it would be an A- minus here. Um, I think you're looking at A plus if they get obviously they get the championship, but 
Um, I think they're going to put two cars in the final four, and that's where uh, the A minus comes in from. Two questions. You can only answer with yes or no. Is this Martin Truex's final season? Yes. Okay. I would say yes. Does Danny Hamlin win a title? No. No. Okay. Okay. Just curious. I yeah. don't. I was going to ask a question, but I think you just answered it. So, so I, yeah, I'm going to agree. Truex is going to go out on his final year. It's going to be his year. He's going to he's going to quietly announce it mid season when he's happy. He's yep. going to quietly do his piece. He's going to say it when he gonna, wants to. Yep, and I'm also going to agree that Denny Hamlin does not get it done again this year. Yeah, and I think that was another thing. Martin Truex Jr. I think he'll go on another not tear, but he'll have another solid year, you know, knowing it's his last, I think it's going to be his last year. So I think he'll have another good year. You can always throw Denny in for beating your favorite driver a couple times throughout the year. Um, <laughs> I all time statement. Yeah. So I can see him getting, you know, two or three wins. Christopher Bell is coming on strong. Um, obviously a final four car last year. So he's obviously showing he can get it done. And then I think Ty Gibbs is going to sprinkle it in or be a cherry on top and he'll, he'll throw his name into the mix a little bit more and show that he is not just a grandkid who um, doesn't deserve a ride. So um, I think he'll have a good year. So before we move on, I'll pose a question out here and kind of, I will kind of make this a yes or no. Does Joe Gibbs has the, have the most solidified team out there? Yes. Yes. Yep. Top right. to bottom. He's top saying, to bottom. Yep. It was when I put Hendrick in there, when I said top two, it's them and Gibbs were my top two. All right. So I got these guys don't do weekday racings where weekday open wheel racing where they get injured. So these guys are gonna be there for all 36 races. Um <laughs> I'm guessing Hendrick ain't doing that this year either. <laughs> true, true. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Yeah, I, take back, I take that back. Larson's doing high limit. He's doing some of the high limit stuff, yeah. So, yeah, um, A- minus for Joe, Joe Gibbs. Uh, I think they're going to get nine wins. Um, okay. You can mix and match. I'm, I, the only thing I'll throw out there is I think Ty Gibbs will get one win. So you can, okay. between the other three, you can mix and match where you think eight wins will come from. Sure. Fair enough. So. All right. Next, let's get into old Roche Fenway Keslowski Racing. Don't know where that didn't know that was might <laughs> in like that, but perfect. Um so drivers, obviously you got Brad K in owner and you got Chris Busher. Um top tens. Um I'm gonna go 43, top fives 31. Uh I'm gonna say you're gonna they're gonna get four wins this year. I say they're gonna put two drivers into the playoffs, both of them, and they're not going to get one into the final four. Yeah. Um, I will say the three wins this year, I'm counting Brad K to get two. Bold prediction. Damn. All right. So you're, saying, you're saying two and two. I'm saying Brad K gets at least two. Okay. Could be a reverse. Uh, so, I mean, Chris Busher won three races himself last year. This was kind of, I felt like last year was RFK's, you know, coming out year and basically telling the world, hey, we're here to play. Um, 
So I think they're going to build on that. I think they'll get one more win than they did last year. But also I think Brad K has been pounding the stone for this team and getting things figured out. And I think this will be the year where I think he'll get two wins, um, potentially three. Um, I do I do think as optimistic as I am on the wins, I don't foresee them putting anybody in the Final Four. I would see a Brad K. I would say Brad K or Busher, similar to last year, around a 12 and around a eight. Um, where they put somebody into the round eight again and they're on the fringe. Um, probably a round of eight have to win to get into the final four. And I just don't quite see that getting done. So um, overall uh, for RFK standards, I gave them a B plus. Um, I think this will be, if they pull this off and you know what my expectations are, is getting four wins. I think that'll be a really good year for them by their standards and be able to put, I think they'll put both cars in the playoffs and I think they'll both make a push. Um, but just not quite cracking the final four. So I'm going to kind of paraphrase what you just gave us in numbers. What I'm hearing is they're going to run better than last year, but they're not going to fully break out in terms of championship contenders. Yep. I. Okay. So if you're, yep. if you're running, you know, positions one to 10, I think they will be steadily in that, you know, four to 10 range. Um but yeah, I think that I think that's the best way. I think last year, obviously, they showed they can, they've got speed wherever they show up now. It restrictor plate mile and a half. Um, for God's sakes, when you get on a restrictor plate, Brad K drives with a snowplow on his front end, um, <laughs> and then you go to a mile and a half like Michigan and Busher was had a rocket. So, um, okay. They really are getting their their team really did take a step in the right direction last year, and I'm looking for them to build on it and um, take another small step in the right direction, get another win, and um, get old Brad K back in victory lane. It's been a while since we've got a victory lane interview from old Brad K. So I will definitely be happy with that. I I agree with everything that you got. I'm even going to kind of circle back to our discussion last week that we had about. Uh, our hot takes and I threw out the question out there of is RFK going to get a car in the championship four? Cam, you're consistent with your statement. You said no. Kellen, you said yes. So yep. just throwing that out there. Yep. I said Brad K. Oh. And honestly, if it is Brad K, I'd be happy for him. I would um, be. A, I would be a, could have, could have been content and rode off with Penske and, had a solid car and done the deal and won races, but no, he put himself out there, went on a limb, became owner and doing, doing the deal. So um, no, I'd be happy for Brad K if he could do that. So RFK is kind of turning, like, obviously I'm a Blaney fan at heart, but if there's a team that, if there's a driver that wins out of it, that I'm not disappointed, it's probably RFK. I agree. So overall, um, for RFK, um, I'm giving them a B plus. I'd give them a A minus on logo. That RFK is just sick. So um, A minus on the logo. So last one I got the old Spire Motorsports. Oh, so wow. I am I'm optimistic. So Spire obviously got the old. The old Penny Thoughts, um, Corey LaJoy, 
Then they're bringing on the young guns, Zane Smith and Carson Hosevar. I'm going to say between the three of them, they'll get 21 top tens. I'm going to say they're going to get seven top fives. And I will say my boldest and most optimistic prediction out of this uh, report card is that Spire is going to get a win. Um, which therefore leads them to one driver in the playoffs. I think they're only going to get one in. Um, and then I think obviously no no drivers in the final four. Well, I shouldn't say obviously that's disrespectful, but um, they're not going to put somebody in the final four. Um, and by their standards, I'm giving them an overall an A plus grade. So it's kind of they're going above and beyond what they're kind of expecting. I think them getting a win this year puts them in A-plus for their team. Not by compared to Hendrick or JGR, RFK, or RCR. I think by Spire Motorsports, I think if they get a win, I think it's an A-plus year for them. And I think they're going to get a win. I mean, shit, they were close. I think it was Atlanta when LaJoy was on the top side there and ended up wrecking himself. Um so they're getting close. Um, I will say one of the things that is going to be holding back is this is a a team that is the future. Uh, obviously, you got Zane Smith and Carson Hosvar who are going to be rookies. Who I think, I think Zane Smith will be the better of the between those two. Um, I do think it's going to be LaJoy getting the win, and I think you throw Zane Smith will be in that. Um, that 15 to 19 range in the points. And you could throw also are in there too, a fringe playoff guy. Um, it's got a battle to get in, but um, that's where I think it's going to come from. So um, overall, I think by their standards, it's going to be an A plus. I'm going to go out and say, I think Corey LaJoy will get a win. And um, for their standards, this will be an A plus year if they get a win. Okay. All right. Oh. I am obviously, you guys have picked me a little bit of this as well. I'm a, a tad bit of a Joy fan. So if he does get that win, I would not be disappointed with that as well. So, yeah, I figured you would be. Um, <laughs> when I threw that up there, I'm like, yep. If Van Groh was mad at me for anything uh, recently, um, he's not going to be when I throw this up there. So I don't know. I'm still a little salty about some of your uh, trivia questions that you threw out there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, no, I think Spiral get a get a win. And like I said, uh, they're kind of a team that I think will be. It's not going to be. They understand there's going to be a lot of growing pains with Zane Smith and Carson Hosvar, but um, obviously both of them have had time in, in the cup series. Um, they both have ran a, a fair amount of races in the next gen car. So it's not like they're going to be starting, you know, this, these aren't these guys first time yeah. in these cars, but um, for 36 races, they, I think, and the having to race it every week and the different tracks that you're going to, I think it'll be a steep learning curve for those two, but um, I think they'll have a solid year. So obviously with a lot of teams out there too that we didn't cover RCR call like JTG front row Wood Brothers Rick Ware Racing as well. Um obviously I think RCR is gonna have another great year as well. Be interesting what they can do. I think Kyle Bush is obviously gonna be the guy to keep an eye out for on that one. Um throwing this out there, Cam, I think I know your answer pretty much. 
I think you're going to go with Spire as your answer, but I'm going to pose the question. Who's going to be the most improved team and who's going to be the disappointing team on the year? Uh, most improved. <clears throat> I I could agree with Spire just because other, other programs we've hit on have shown that they can do it. Um, so I'm going to say Spire. Okay. And I'm going to say struggle. Well, Wood Brothers, I'm going to say a struggle with Burton. Sure. So, yeah, that's where I'm at with that. I am – sorry, go ahead, Mangrel. Uh, no, I agree with Spire. I think they're going to be the improvement team on the year. <sighs> I th I'm between JTG and Colleg as far as disappointment teams. I almost yep. want to go JTG just because they're not going to get that win, I think. Yep, I'd agree. I'm going to say for most improved, I'm going to say it's going to be Legacy. Um, I think they're putting together a good camp and shit. You can't tell me that they're not going to be most improved when they got a slinger national champ that's involved in that team weekly. Um, got Matt Kenseth. Uh, got oh, that's team, right. Got his hand in the team. I forgot about that. So between Kenseth, forgot Jimmy about Jimmy, that. Um, John Hunter's shown he can do it. Um, he's a winner himself. Um, and I think Eric Jones is – He's Eric Jones. Um, I think this has got to be a big year for him. Uh, he's always been like that 15 to 18. Um, so I think they're going to be, I think they're starting to get, Hey, here's the foundation of this team. Um, so I think they're going to be the breakout or the most improved. And I will not out of spite, but I'm going to just go out there and say the most disappointing team is going to be calling. Um, I think their standards, expectations, I don't know. They announced today that Josh Williams is going to run a handful of cup races for him. I'm sorry, but I just don't see him stepping in there and, and wheeling and dealing. Yeah. Um, obviously, they demoted AJ Elmendinger to, to the Xfinity Series. Um, it's going to be Daniel Hemrick's first year. I think he'll have an okay year, but um, yeah. I don't know if that's a little bit of bitterness coming in, but I just don't quite see it coming from from colleague. I thought, I guess I would say, I thought they're a one or two win team, and I thought their best chance was the guy they demoted. Sure. Could be yep. totally wrong, but um, I thought they demoted their best chance to win Sunday. So, All right. So, Mid-season, we'll resurface this video and we'll uh, or this episode, and we will uh, reconvene it. Right, right before the right before the Coke Six Hundred, I think Coke Six Hundred is like the halfway point. So right before Memorial Day, mid-May, do a mid-season check-in, and we'll yeah. we'll, we'll see where we're at. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah. So kind of, we'll kind of jump into a, a few race previews here, um, as we go. So. Uh, Cam, I'll go ahead and kick it over to you for Lucas Oil. 
kicking it over to the dirt specialist. Um, So hopping right in, we touched on it. A lot of storylines coming in um, for Lucas Oil. Great first weekend of racing for them. And uh, if you don't have Flow, we should really get a sponsorship from Flow as much as we plug their business. Uh, (laughs) You got the next 13 days. You got 10 races across 13 days. They're practicing tonight. They're practicing, I think, until the end of February, basically. Um, Not quite, but like February 10th. So you got 10 races coming up in the next 13 days. Two at uh, Bubble Raceway Park. Two at All Tech Raceway. And then uh, six straight at the final, uh, the final year for East Bay Raceway Park. So, um, again, if you don't have Flow Racing, um, these next uh, these ten races in the next thirteen days, well worth the investment. And uh, if you've done some quick math between what's coming up, Chili Bowl, the Dome, yeah, your money ahead. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to to Lucas Oil. Obviously, uh, the storylines coming in is going to be JD and RTJ. Um, what happens? How do they race each other? And um, just looking forward to some good racing. So uh, hopefully the tracks are well or prep pretty pretty well. And um, I think we're going to be in for just some awesome late model racing. So. Sweet. Um, yeah, so tune in lots of racing in the next couple of days. I kind of got one one more big uh big preview for this weekend. Van Grill, you want to rip the clash? Yeah, obviously. Uh preseason NASCAR. We're getting them guys warm back up again. I think uh we're Fire all super ex- obviously I think NASCAR is our bread and butter, obviously. So I think we're all super excited about that. So um you know, there was a lot of there was a big conversation earlier about uh not having Saturday opens the fans and they made up for it by having uh Saturday open for everybody. Uh the NASCAR Mexico series is gonna be racing there as well. They're gonna have a 150 lap race there. Uh you're gonna have your qualifiers and your last chance qualifiers, I believe, on Saturday as well, before the future race on Sunday. Um last year Priest led the most laps. Amarola was on the pole. Uh, MTJ was your winner of that one, and obviously Joel Agana was your your inaugural winner of that. Uh, no, it'll be just it's a good race. It's a unique race as well because it's one of the it's one of the only ones that does your last chance qualifiers and your heat races, and and it's get it gets the dirt format uh into play with this as well. So, uh, I think it's a good preseason race. Uh, not quite ready to have this as a regular season race, but I think it's a good preseason, and, and especially in LA, it gets a whole new crowd uh, there for this one as well. So uh, if you're looking for your NASCAR fix, well, it's finally here. You got it coming up this weekend as well. So be sure to tune in. 23 cars are going to start this race. So again, that's where those heat races and uh, qualifiers come in as well. So race picks, go. Well, Cam, you're first. We're going off. So we're going off of fantasy results of last year. Since you were last, you get to go first. Um, off the cuff, gut pick Christopher Bell. Ooh. Okay. Uh I am gonna go Kyle Busch. No shot. <laughs> no shot. <laughs> He fit uh, so he finished third last year, and he also qualified second overall. So, yeah, who you got? I'm gonna take the guy that's got more on his plate than anybody. 
Larson. All right. I I will say there's been a lot of debate, you know, thrown around. Should the clash be kept at the LA? Should they move it? Daytona, you know, whatever. But I love, I actually just love this format. I love like the it brings the short track scene into heat racing, qualifies and qualifiers and LCQ, last chance qualifier. I love this format. It it sends guys home. Heat races are worth so much more. I the, you can sprinkle a couple you, more you of these. You don't get a part just you don't get to just participate because you're a NASCAR guy. This is a yep. It's not a, it's not a marquee event, but it kind of is. Like you got to race your way in, like everywhere else does at your local short tracks. Yep, I so. love the format of it. I've said it before, where I'm not a huge fan of NASCAR racing on uh, built racetracks. I'd rather be on a purpose built racetrack. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stand behind that and say it could be moved. But I get why they do it as well by keeping it in LA because you get the the fans from there as well. So that's why it's if you're gonna do it, keep it as the boy, the clash. Leave it at that. Yep. So kind of going off of that, uh breaking news out of NASCAR this week, they decided to change their schedule. Uh just kidding. That's what we're doing next week. Um, we are gonna bring you guys. What we rework is our optimal schedule. So you're going to get three different renditions of this whole deal. So um, be prepared to be confused, agreed, disagreed. Um, that one's going to be good where we're going to give you the ideal schedule from regular season to playoffs to what we feel is what should be the NASCAR schedule. So I want to throw this one criteria out there just because I know we've done, you know, come in blind, basically. Are we doing what's on the current schedule or can we introduce tracks? Oh, well, I'd have like six, the Dells, Madison, (laughs) (laughs) Winger. (laughs) No, I think we have to do, I I think we have to do, Use 2024 tracks to fit your schedule. Okay. So that keeps out Road America. We'll we'll stick with that. That's the main reason I asked. So I'm I'm okay with that. I think we just have to operate with the tracks we've been handed. Okay. I can so, work with that. So yeah, that uh that'll be interesting. That'd be a good one to kind of see how you want to travel the country from week to week and do all that. So that'll be a good one. So stay tuned for that. We'll bring you the new schedules, but um, as we kind of wrap this up, as always, anybody that we that gives us a listen or a like or watches us on YouTube, we appreciate it. Um, if you always have ideas, let us know. Um, we're we're working our tails off to get this. We've got some cool ideas. We're working on some things. Um, let us know if there's something that we want us to bring you. Um, we're more than happy to make that fit, um, whether it be in comments or shooting us interactions on social media or any of those direct messages um always always let us know that's we're happy to bring whatever we can to uh even enlighten different series or things that we may not cover so um i was gonna chime in and say two things i think yeah i think obviously staying tuned to the channel um as it's january here um once we get into april and some of the local tracks get going and in wisconsin for the icebreaker and stuff like that then early spring you get 
a handful of world outlaw races in the Midwest that we're going to all try to, we're going to try to hit up. So if you're growing impatient with uh, some of the racing content we try to put out, um, stick with us, hang in there, trust us. We're bringing you some, we're going to bring you some good stuff. And then uh, I will say the other thing too, that we've started to put an emphasis on and, and, and doing better and we're had fun kind of in the first week of trying to do it is, be active, more active on the socials and interacting with you guys. Tweeting about, you know, whatever race is going on, whatever is trending on Twitter. Um, put more stuff out on Instagram, TikTok. Um, we're trying to trying to grow in that space and obviously have more fan, fan interaction. So if you haven't followed our socials, um, feel free to give them a follow. Um, throw shade at us, ask us questions, interact with us whatever you want to do to us uh we're here for it we just want to talk so keep an eye out too there may be some uh fantasy things as well that may come out so yeah yeah so uh be on the lookout for all of the greatness especially with the nascar season starting to get going here so on that one on that one that one note though um if you do dare enter the fantasy league with us you must understand this ain't for the faint of heart. <laughs> this is a 36 week grind. We don't want anybody that's going to be in it for the Daytona 500 and drop out. No. Yep. This is a 36 a week commit. Uh, yep. This is a 36 week verbal commitment to uh, verbal abuse. So we'll uh, we'll be sure to once we get those set up here. Obviously, the clash is not a part of that, but we'll yep. have those set up prior to the Daytona so that. We will leave that open for you guys to insert yourself into the fun, um, if you want to call it that. So be on the lookout for those. Um, obviously, another great, awesome episode, kind of scratching the itch on the NASCAR side this week for the biggest part of it. So stay tuned to all of our socials. Uh, keep keep up with the channel, and um, we're going to bring you guys some pretty cool stuff. So um, as always, like, comment, subscribe, and we'll see you all next week for – the new NASCAR schedule we'll be bringing you guys. See you next week.